Welcome to Bite Size, a cybersecurity question and answer presented to you by Coral and Moore. Our goal is to take the complex world of government contracts, cybersecurity, and break it down into bite sized pieces. My name is Evan Wolf. And I'm Kate Growley. Every other week, we'll take one question that we frequently hear from our clients and give you a short, simple answer and explain why it matters. So, Evan, this week's question is. What is an APT? An APT stands for Advanced Persistent Threat. It's a term used to describe a group of, of threat actors, which are oftentimes uh, adversary nation states or adversaries of the United States nation states that often try hacking into government and industrial targets, such as defense companies and U.S. government entities. And, and they are unique in that they, uh, and as the, the term advanced persistence means, they, they use advanced technology. They often use new types of, of attacks called zero days where we don't previously haven't seen that type of, of malware, that type of vulnerability used in the past. And, and, and they are very persistent, meaning that they often continue attacks for months and years and, and, uh, and, and, and that means they're oftentimes really difficult to detect, and, and it's long been a problem for the defense and the U.S. government to, to combat and, and meet these APT threat actors. So what's an example of an APT threat actor that we've seen in the past, maybe one that's impacted contractors directly? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple of them. One, one that uh, from a few years ago was Sea Dragon, which was an attack on on a naval weapons system, and and it resulted in the loss of a lot of information and and software, and and it was one that really uh, it was in the process of DoD had begun the the development of the 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 seventy twelve clause that we've talked to you about previously, and it really was a, a high water mark for companies and and the Defense Department working together to protect themselves. So is there a reason, Kate, why you're asking me about APTs and we're hearing so much about them now? There is. So appropriate for our discussion here, we actually have a new cybersecurity standard out that's published by our favorite uh, cyber standard entity, NIST, that National Institute of Standards and Technology. They actually just last week published a final version of a new 800 series publication 800-172 and you'll you'll see there obviously that's only one after 171 which is another standard that we've talked a lot about and that's because 172 is supposed to be the supplement to 171 specifically drafted in response to that sea dragon incident where the DOD actually went to NIST and said, we've been asking our contractors to protect our sensitive DOD data, commonly referred to as DUI. And we have seen through the Sea Dragon incident that for some of our contractors who are handling such high volumes or high sensitivity of CUI that they are uh, they are frequent targets of these APT actors, and we need something beyond the basic requirements in 171 that we can ask that small subset of contractors to comply with. So that's how we got to 172, and which is why we're seeing so many folks ask us, what are APTs and what do we need to know about them? Who needs to be paying attention to 172, and how, how does this get incorporated into uh, contract requirements? So the incorporation of the contract requirements right now will really be on a customer-by-customer -customer basis. 
I, the DOD has retained the discretion to determine when they think a program will require a contractor to handle the type of CUI that an APT actor might be inclined to go after and thus necessitate these enhanced cybersecurity measures that are found in 172. The other piece where we're going to see it is that CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, something that we've talked about a couple of times now, that has levels four and five that is dedicated to demonstrating the most sophisticated types of cybersecurity maturity. And the most recent version of CMMC that we have incorporates controls that was pulled from a draft version of 172. And so some of those controls are already incorporated for those of you who are looking to get a level four or a level five certification. So that's the other way that this is going to get folded into your contracts. So Evan, I'd mentioned that this new 172 standard has some enhanced cybersecurity requirements. What's the focus of those? What's the point there? In 172, they really focus on a strategy that they call defense in depth protection. And defense in depth is a concept that's been around security for a few decades now. And, and it really means that you don't rely on a single barrier, but multiple barriers. And they've actually defined this pretty specifically in three areas, which I think are pretty useful to understand. And the first is penetrating resistant architecture, which really means that you are building your networks and structuring everything from software to systems in a way that would resist APT, these advanced threat actors from accessing your network. Second is the concept of damaging limiting operations. And this is really involves both process and technology that you really have capabilities, whether from people or tech, to actually limit when you are being attacked. Because as, as Kate talked about earlier, there really is this, this assumption that, that you are going to be penetrated by these threat actors. And the last is uh, cyber resiliency and survivability, which just means if you do have an attack or there is an incident, that not only can you quickly respond to it, but you can quickly continue on. And, and that's a, those are the three concepts that under 172 to find defense in depth. We want to thank everyone for joining Bite Size Q&A. We'll be back in your feed within two weeks with a new question and some simple answers or hopefully simple answers. But in the meantime, if you have any suggestions for questions we should cover, please let us know. I can be reached at 202-624-2615. And Kate can be reached at 202-624-2698. And of course, we always have emails. Thank you very much. This has been Bite Size Q&A, a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. You can find more information at kroll.com slash cyberpodcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review.